chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, we'll start a reading there in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 24, verse 1, read through the uh, first 14 verses of that chapter. Signs of the coming of Christ. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him uh, for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall be uh, not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall uh, hear of wars and rumors of wars. See uh, that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For the uh, nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine, and pestilence, and earthquakes, in diverse places. And these are the beginnings of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, uh, shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And when, uh, then shall the end come. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would do something with me that I'm not capable of doing within my own power. I pray that I would be effortless this morning, Lord. I pray that you would, uh, the Holy Spirit would come down and anoint me as we uh, get into your word, Lord. I pray that he would take the, uh, the word of God and he would apply it to my heart, Lord, that I would love you more when we get through than what I do right now. And I pray that you would uh, put a hedge of protection upon us, that Satan be barred from this place in the name of Jesus, that he can't stay. And Lord, you move in the midst of your people, the assembling of your people this morning. Bless us with your presence, that we will worship you the way you deserve. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask these things, amen. You know, all that's going on today in our world, I mean with earthquakes, seeing them, uh, with the coronavirus, Everyone seems to be about, uh, against everybody. We see hatred on every corner. We see riots. And even go further than that, we got killer hornets moving in. 
My goodness, what a mess. What a mess we're facing. And there are many that have the answer to it all. Some say we stay in the house, don't go out. Others will say, well, you're just going to have to go on with life. Others will say, well, you know what? We're going to have to quit saying things like we once did. And we're going to have to start saying them this way. And we're going to have to tear down this building because it might offend someone. Or we're going to have to put up this and we're going to have to change this and do that. It's a really big mess. Amen? Or maybe I'm just missing it. It's a real big mess. But everyone seems to have the answer. And I don't believe they do. They say if we'll start doing this, we'll live in a better place. Well, I'm going to say this this morning. How you and I can live in a better place. You, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to get focused on Jesus and His coming. That's where our focus needs to be. We need to get focused on who Jesus Christ is, what He means to us, what He means to this world, and He's going to return. I believe it is a time, in time like this, that God is preparing His people to be ready and steady. And we're not seeing much of that, and we're failing our Lord in it. Ready and steady. You know, the, the same Jesus Christ that uh, was foreordained and uh, the, that He would come from glory, the best glory he had, that He would come and be born in, a, uh, born in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, the one that lived among us, uh, lived among all sinners, but yet was found without sin, the one that uh, walked on the water, the one that healed the blind and the cripples and the lepers, the one that uh, rose the dead, the one that was nailed to the cross, the one on the third day who arose and ascended back into glory and left us a promise that one day He would return. You want to focus on something this morning that will bring joy to your heart? Jesus Christ is coming back for His church. He's coming back. Children of God, we need to uh, turn off the TV and turn into the Word of God's what needs to happen in America and around the world today. We need to uh, quit trying to tune in to radio stations that will work things up and you don't know that if it's a lie or not. And we need to tune in to the voice of God and get a positive going on in our life and think about who Jesus is. If we're going to be ready, there's some things, there's some truths that you and I need to know this morning and they're found right here in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. Look there with me. You see, appearances can be deceiving. Appearance can be deceiving. Look there with me in verse 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. Now look what happened. And His disciples came to Him for to show Him the buildings of the temple. Well, they was proud of them. And I bet they were beautiful. They were magnificently built. And then Jesus says something to them. See ye not all these things? As they carried on about these buildings, when they, they looked upon these buildings and saw all of their splendor, Jesus said, You see not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. 
What's happening here? As they came, Jesus Christ, and they were showing Him this temple. They were so proud of what the temple and the buildings around the temple, the inner courts, the outer courts. They were so, uh, so proud of what it looked like. And somewhere they thought that they were going to impress Jesus Christ with it. They thought, you know what? We'll get Jesus over here to uh, Jerusalem. And we're going to go up here and we're going to show Him this, uh, what the temple looks like. And He's going to be impressed, Brother David. That's what they were thinking. You know what Jesus just actually told them right there? I'm not impressed. That's actually what He just said. If you're going to put all your stake in that, if you're going to look to that as being the source of all power and authority, you've missed it. You see, Jesus Christ is not concerned about the outside. He's concerned about the inside. You know that the Lord has told me to do things and I've been obedient and been disobedient and had to repent of them. But you know, not one time, Miss Sonny, that he ever told me that I want you to do this, but you're going to have to wear this type shoe to get it. Didn't hear that. I want you to do this, but you're going to have to dress like this to do it. I want you to do that for me. I want you to, uh, to serve me in this regard, but you're going to have to do this. You see, God's not concerned about the outside. He's concerned about the inside. I believe today that Jesus Christ, our God, our Father, is looking down. If He could say, if I can find just one people, one people, one church that will be obedient to me and serve me, I will do great and mighty things through them. You believe that? Why not us? Why not us? As I prepared this sermon steady and ready, I found out I've not been doing enough and I've been sinning in it. Just to be honest with you. I'm not doing enough. I can say, well, I'm ready. Well, I have been born again. I am ready. But have I done all that's required of me? Have I done all that's required of me? The same with the church as Jesus looked at this temple. Now, I'm not saying that you don't... Uh, um, there's nothing wrong with a beautiful church. Don't get me wrong in this. I'm not saying that. There's nothing wrong with a nice pair of shoes. Nice pair of pants. There's nothing wrong with that. But that can't be our focus. And I believe that the church should be as beautiful as God gives you the provisions to make it. Not a problem with that whatsoever. But... God's not impressed with the building. That's not what impresses our Lord. No, He desires an assembly of His children to love Him with all of their hearts. He wants them to serve Him with all that they are and with all that they have. Jesus Christ wants to live His life in them and through them is what Christ desires. That's a fact. So you can have church in a shed and honor God with it. You know, my prayer is God make Calvary Baptist Church a place of life. 
Have it prayed, Lord, pay this thing off. Lord, make sure we keep the lights on. No, Lord, make Calvary Baptist Church a place of life. You see that he tells them that not one stone will set upon another. They'll all be thrown down. Seventy years from this time, roundabout, because of the, uh, the Jewish people would just would not, just would not comply with Rome. Rome said, well, I'll tell you what, we're fixing to put this to rest. Caesar sent a general in and he destroyed that city. Seventy years from when Jesus says that it's going to happen. Seventy years later. The Romans destroyed it all. As a matter of fact, as those remnant of those soldiers that were trying to hold off the Roman Empire, as they were being pressed on every side, you know where they went? They went to the temple thinking they can't get through to us here. They thought, you know what, surely the Romans will have enough respect not to tear down the temple on top of that. They won't get to us there. And the Romans destroyed it completely. If you were to walk in after this battle, after Rome, uh, the Roman Empire moved in, and if you were to walk into Jerusalem at that time, after they busted through the walls and they ransacked the city, you, if you were to walk through that the day after, you would have said, nobody even lives here. This thing, nobody lived here in 100 years. Totally destroyed, just like Jesus said it would be. So I'm using that to say this. The problem that we're having right now within our church, within our county and our state, our country and this world, is people are putting all of their faith, all of their trust, and all of their hope in things of this world that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. So what's happened. You see, we get so wrapped up and so focused on the temporal instead of embracing the eternal God, Jehovah. And we're missing it. Now I'll say this, it doesn't matter where you place your trust, what people say, or what mankind can build. Jesus Christ is coming back. You better be ready and you need to be steady. And if you're going to be ready, you better be saved. That's the first point of this. You're going to have to be saved. You see, I've tended to that, and I'd challenge you, each and every one of you, go back and look at that to make sure that you're saved, that you're ready. Second thing I see in this, you see, signs, warnings, messages of God are attention getters. That's what he uses them for. You can go through the entire word of God and you'll find God always gave signs. When he's fixed to do something big or if they were drifting off, God just didn't come in and snatch them up. It's kind of like with children. You know, you tell a child right off the bat, you don't walk up to a child and just slap him across the face because he stepped out of line. No, you tell him first, then you get him next, right? Well, see, God does that with us too. God just doesn't whoop us out of the clear blue. I'm like, well, I don't know what I've done. No, we always give signs and we're seeing them here. Now, this is not a whooping coming. He's just saying this is what it's going to look like. And I'm trying to get my people ready and steady for my coming. He said, I'm trying to get you ready for what's coming up. 
See, these signs are attention getters. They're there to remind us and to remind this world that we need to be ready for the rapture because it's coming. So first thing he says, don't be deceived. Look there with me in verse 4. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now you say, well, you know, I've not ever had anybody tell me that they're Jesus. I don't even. So that's not, I've not seen that sign yet. Well, let me explain this to you. You have. You take this passage of Scripture in the context in which Jesus Christ is telling. You see what he says there that, uh, uh, that many, they'll deceive you. They'll come and they'll say, I am Christ and shall deceive you. Let me explain this to you. Jesus Christ is the gospel. There's no gospel without Christ. So therefore, Jesus Christ is the gospel, right? Jesus Christ is the Word, right? Of course He is. Okay. So these people that will knock on your door and tell you something contrary to the Word of God, they're saying Jesus Christ is a liar and I'm right. He's wrong. I'm Christ. He is not. Woo. Anything that comes contrary to the Word of God, any TV evangelist, any man that will stand behind the pulpit and say we're going to take this part but not this part, it's wrong here. He has set himself up as God himself. And he's wrong. And he's not Christ. There's only one. Jesus and him alone. The people that will say, well, you know what? To get saved, you've got to do this, 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 and this. That is a lie straight out of hell. And they're making them... It's the same way as it always has been. you got new religions springing up everywhere. Everybody's worshiping just anything. If you want to find something to worship today, you can find some moron to worship it with you. You know what you start doing though? See, they deceive many. They say that they're Christ. Anytime anyone tells you contrary anything of the Word of God, they are setting themselves up and say, I'm Christ, He's a liar, you follow me. And millions of people are doing it today. Where can we get into this place that we get to this where you can make me drink Kool-Aid and kill myself? It's called somebody said, I'm Christ. And they were deceived into it. People worship trees today, owls, and not the creator of them. Hmm. Lord help us. These are the signs of the end time. Look there with me in verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Wars and rumors of wars. Violence.
is wars and violence due to politics? I'm going to tell you what the problem is with war, where it stems from, sin. You know what the real problem in America today is that we'll go in and we'll burn cities down and beat old women up and bust out windows out of everything? You know what the real problem is? It's not what they're saying it is. I'm going to boil it down to the true fact of what it is. It's sin is what it is. And the church is here. We're to try to do something about that. Well, you know why we see all this hatred today and we see all the violence in America today? The real fruit of all of it, it is sin of mankind. That's the fact. I don't care what anyone else says. That's what the Word says. It's the result of sin. But you know what? In this very passage, after the rapture of the church, after seven years of tribulation, Jesus Christ is going to come back and He's going to bring justice to it. He's going to finish up that last war. And He's going to bring justice to it. But verse 6 says, and all these times, all these times of these uh, protesting and riots and the hatred that we see, all these unsettled times with wars and rumors of wars, what am I going to do? How am, I, am I just to go around sitting around worrying? Sit around just be sick about it and cry, Oh Lord, the, the sky is falling on me. No. Verse 6 again says, And there shall, uh, ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Amen. Did you come here this morning and say, Boy, I'm just troubled. I don't know that the sun's ever going to shine again. I'm just troubled about what things are going on. I'm just worried, sick. I just feel that the sky's going to come down on me. Let me tell you where the problem is then. What you need to stop worrying about the sky falling on you and you just know that the one that who made the sky must fix and split it open. That's where you put your focus. It can't fall on me. It's just going to open up for me. Get focused on the uh, real thing. And you say, well, how can I not be worried? I'm going to tell you how you turn worry away. And it's simple. Here's how you turn worry away. This is how you're not troubled about things that you see. If it keeps troubling you, be honest with you, I haven't watched news in six weeks. Now, my life's lots better than dealing with a bunch of liars Amen. to make me mad and sin. And it just got away from it. I looked at the weather this weekend, first time in six, and they lied then. So, didn't get mad about it, but they did. I just quit. Something that we need to grab a hold of today, and it's, it's just simple. Listen to me. How do I have not these troubling spirit? How can I not be concerned and so worried about the things going on? And here it is. You and I as the redeemed, you and I that have accepted Jesus Christ through the drawing of the Holy Spirit and have reached out for a living Savior today, what we do is we grab a hold of and say, I know that I'm in His presence. I know that I have His power. And I know that He's promised me something. And I'm just going to hold that. I don't care what Fox News says. That's what I'm going to get a hold of. I'm going to get a hold of just that presence of my Lord, the power of my Lord, and the promises of my Lord, and I will not be troubled. That's what we need to do today. That's what it will take today. Just do that. A wise man once said, three kind of people in this world. 
And it's pretty solid. He said, you got the first type of people that's always afraid. He said, you got that second group of people uh, who don't know enough to be afraid. And you got the third class of people, those who know the Bible. Three different times of people. Those that are fearful all the time. Those that don't know they should be fearful and those that know the Word of God. Boys, just make life a lot simpler for us, wouldn't it? What a blessing for us. But in verse 7, he says there's in, these in uh, uh, famine. Verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine. Famine is a result of war. That's what happens. When you start moving people out of a certain area, you're going to have famine. That's just what happens. And today, we even in uh, Drew County, the, I can't remember the statistics uh, uh, about how many children go to sleep hungry just here. I'm not saying it's famine. They have it there, just can't get it to them. But now this is talking about there's a great famine. There's not enough food to go around. Great famine will come during this time. And we take up offerings for world hunger. Today there are millions of people starving to death. But then verse 7. It's fixing to get real personal to us. For nations shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence. We can relate to that, can't we? Well, we can relate to this pestilence. Pestilence means an an infection, uh, an infectious epidemic disease that leads to death. In the 1800s, cholera. Epidemic come through America and it was devastating, killing thousands upon thousands. 1918, Spanish influenza killed thousands upon thousands. Not long after that, polio come in and affected children that we can still see, older people today, affected of this virus of polio. But I want you to think of something here. Something that has never happened in the Word of God. And even throughout history, I'm going to give you something today to bring cold chills to me. Today we have COVID-19, the coronavirus, as it is, this epidemic. But do you know throughout all of history and all the Word of God, This is the first time that an epidemic, a disease, a virus has gripped the entire world at one time. What's God doing? Never, never has that ever happened. Except now. Are you ready and steady? Because something's fixing to happen. Never has the whole world been under the grip of a disease. Till now. Then, we go down further and he says in verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes. 
Wasn't this the Philippines that had an earthquake? I just heard somebody talking because, like I say, I don't watch the news. Just had an earthquake. Now, earthquakes are a means to wake people up. It's really what it is. We see, we see it on both sides. And, uh, we know that Christ, when he died, when earth shook, and it's a, a sign of waking people up to get things moving, to be, get people stirring. You know, I believe today that Calvary Baptist Church needs an earthquake. Not a little one. It's going to bust a slab. But I believe we need an earthquake today to wake us up to what's going on around us. We need an earthquake today to kind of stir us up, to get us moving, to, uh, to get us. We need to start getting serious about church, serious about serving God, serious about seeing people saved. You better be ready, and you need to be steady, and I believe the church needs to get ready today. I believe we need an earthquake today and quit being distracted by our stuff and our life and events around us, our country. We need to wake up out of this dead state, come out of the grave, get out of our shell, get out of the box. We have loved ones that are dying and going to hell, and we've not prayed for them one time or tell them about a Jesus that will redeem them. Well, he went to church when he was a kid. His mama done all he could, or she could, with him. Something's wrong, Calvary, when we get to that spot. We need to be woke up and act like we have a redeemed Christ that's sitting on the throne of glory and at any minute God the Father can say, go get my children. He'll bust that eastern sky open and He'll rapture us out of here and there will be millions doomed to hell, Christless. And we sit here like a knot on a log. Something's wrong in us. We're not ready. And if you're not ready, you won't be steady. We just need to start getting ready. Look there with me in verse 8. We're going to see this persecution. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Oh, this could get worse. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall, uh, you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Persecuted. Now I want to stop there just a minute. We as Americans have become a little bit like pansies on a lot of things. Brother Gary, you can't believe how I was persecuted this week. This woman was in front of me in Walmart, and she just sat there and sat there and sat there. I had to endure about 15 minutes of not being able to carry on out my life. Brother Gary, it's just so hot in southeast Arkansas, I just can't get out and do what I think the Lord would have me to do. I just can't take this heat. Well, if you didn't know it's going to be hot in southeast Arkansas, you missed it. All that most of us ever endure in America today is inconveniences. Boy, it's so hot in there in that church, I just can't come set for 45 minutes. But you'll set at a ball game. We don't like inconveniences. Now I'm going to tell you, this is not talking about inconveniences here. And Jesus Christ sums that up. He said that you're going to be afflicted and they're going to kill you in it. That's a little more than just being inconvenienced. 
There are people this morning that are sitting in jail cells for the cause of Christ. Do you believe that? Of course there is. There are people dying for the cause of Christ today. There are those that have taken just maybe two or three pages out of the Word of God, gathered up some of God's people, got in the back corner, and he expounded on the Word of God, and they'll kill them if they find them. And we're all worried about our inconveniences in America. Calvary Baptist Church, it's time for us to get ready and get steady and get serious about what God would have us to do. Today we can hear, as I've heard, people come to me and say, you know why the coronavirus is spreading the way it is? It's the church's fault. Well, I can tell you that's not it. There's not enough of us here to spread coronavirus. That's not it. But you know why we can be blamed for it? And we're fixing to. You can get on board or get out of the way. We're fixing to see this area saved. We're going to start knocking on doors and they can run us off if they want to because it says they're going to hate us anyway. But I'm going to try to carry as many to heaven with me as I can because I hadn't been ready and I failed my Lord in it. I hadn't done enough. But I'm going to change Gary through his power, his presence, and his promises in my life. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm looking to do. And we're going to be afflicted Hated. And they're not hating us. They're not hating us because we're mean. No, they're not hating us because we've said something ugly to them. No, they hate us for Christ's sake, what it says. Just because I love Jesus enough, they're going to hate me for it. Just because I love Jesus as there's a standard of right and wrong, which is the Word of God, I'm just going to live my life right there. And they hate me for it. Just hate me for that right there. That one thing. But then look at verse 10. This can happen, Calvary. Look in verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall portray one another and shall hate one another. You know what this means here? It's a falling away. It's a falling away. Well, you know, things that used to be important like church not important to me anymore. This means that there's going to be families broken up. Friendships broken up. Churches broken up. You remember how Judas, one of the twelve, I mean, he saw Jesus Christ preach. He saw these miracles that he performed. What happened to Judas? He betrayed the Son of God, lost, and went and killed himself. There's going to be a great falling away. Those that you thought you could always bank on, they're going to leave. And it will leave you very disappointed if you've not put your hope and your faith in the right spot. Then verse 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Now you say, well, ago we said that you see these saying they're Christ. Uh, they're, not, they're not false. Uh, that's not talking about the false prophets. It's saying false prophets here. Now what is that talking about? We just talked about many of them going to say they're Christ and they're not going to 
twist the Word of God around. See, that's what Satan does. He twists the Word of God. He knows the Word of God. But this says that there's many prophets, false prophets, shall rise and shall deceive many. See, we're seeing two items here in the religious realm. What is that? Well, let me tell you what that is. And you can get you a bunch of this. You want to sit around and watch it. Preachers can be false prophets. And they may not be saying things that are wrong. Now listen to me. They may not be false prophets due to saying the wrong things, but they are false prophets because they're not saying all things. Oh, that's a lot of it right there. You know, you start saying all things. If you're basing that on the people you're talking to, you can get your salary cut. You start saying all things, we're not going to be seeing all this money roll in here if you start saying all things. If you start saying, you know what, Jews, since you're God's chosen people, you don't have to worry about Jesus, you're just going to go to heaven anyway. No, you're not. If you say, well, you know what, you can do many good things, you can do these works, you can do this, and it doesn't take all the what they're saying. Yes, it does. It takes an individual to realize that they're lost without Christ, start seeking Christ after you've been sought of the Holy Spirit, knowing that you're in a sinner in need of a Savior, and only through Christ can you get redemption. For it's He who became your sins. Oh, that's... We don't... You get on television, you're not going to see a whole bunch of preachers carrying you to the cross. If they're going to ask for money, they're not going to carry you to the cross. You watch and see. I can watch him just a minute and I can tell you, if he's asking for money, he's not going to carry you to Mount Calvary where he has to say that we as mankind are doomed and damned because of sin and a holy God will. It's not what they're saying wrong, it's just what they're not saying. Then it's there in verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This is lawlessness. Now I will say this, I am not for big government. But God established government. So therefore I've got to be for it, be right with God. I don't really agree that they tell me how to wear a seatbelt. I believe I should be able to make that choice myself. But that's what I am to do. And I'm used to it now. I've gotten over it after 20 years now. But this lawlessness that we see, boy, that's not hard to find, is it? i tell you what's even better. Let's just quit funding a police department. And we've done so well in governing ourselves as far as on the streets, that we just won't even worry about it anymore. You're an idiot if you think that. That don't even make any sense. Who's going to come get the robber that I shot in my living room? Who's going to fill that paperwork out? Or I just carry him to the funeral home. How's this going to work out? How is this all going to work out? I'm going to tell you what the scheme is in it. Mark this down. What we're going to do, we're going to get these um, we're going to get cameras to give speeding tickets. That way, you don't have to confront a police officer. In case there's something, somebody said something wrong, or somebody pulled an AK-47, you don't have to confront him. 
But to do that, we're going to have, what else we're going to have to do? I tell you what, we're going to have to legalize marijuana and slide it into our cities in rural Arkansas. You know, while we're there, why don't we just legalize heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, and just let it go, and that way a cop don't have to confront anybody that's on it. We'll tax it. We'll just big government, uh, government that thing, and man, this world will just do fine without it. Let me say this. I'm fairly lawful, I, and you too be lawful for it, sin. That's the fact of it. If the law wasn't here today, I'm going to drive 85 mile an hour everywhere I go. The only thing that makes me stay six to seven miles over the speed limit is the law. I'm pretty lawful and I can't do it. And I know Jesus. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. We're getting us a dose of it. I guess we can just turn six blocks of our city over to just hoodlums and let them do whatever they want with it. It'll all pan out in the end. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You give them six, they'll take eight. Because that's what lawlessness does. When they tear that to pieces, they'll move on. Because that's what lawlessness does. And that's the signs of the end time. Are we ready and are we steady? Which going verse 13 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. See what this is saying? Jesus Christ is the answer to it all. Don't get wrapped up in what everybody's saying, what everybody's thinking, how everybody's acting. Jesus is the answer in it all. Verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Very important factor. See, this gospel of Jesus Christ, you can't stop it. They can say, well, I'll tell you what, if we can just get all these churches, these fundamental churches, these uh, denomination uh, churches that are just so solid to the gospel, if we can just shut them down, we'll get this thing stopped. No, you can't. You can't stop it. It's unstoppable. uh, This gospel of the kingdom, which is Jesus Christ, is unstoppable. Um, Nothing that we just read couldn't stop it. And you can't stop it. Whosoever will come, let him come. But it says something here. There's never been a church in any of the church age, to ever put the gospel out unto the uttermost parts of the world where the entire world heard the gospel except the first one. The first one. The book of Acts. We see the church that carried it to the end of the world. No one's accomplished that since. Did you know that? It's not been accomplished. But look here. This says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Coronavirus. I'm not going to get up here and tell you this is a punishment of God, and all the reason that the coronavirus here is because of sin. That's the simple fact of it. I'm not going to get into any judgments of it or nothing like that. I don't know that. I'm not God. I don't know how God works. I have a hard enough time just getting instructions from Him minute by minute to live my life. But I can tell you the result of it, the reason for it is because of sin. It's the point he wants man to die. 
But I'm going to say something about this. Because see, my God get glory out of anything. Today, because of the coronavirus, in this five months that the churches quit meeting and everybody went on social media, you can be in a desert or in a jungle in Africa and you can pick up a phone you'll find some old boy preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ right now. We're on Facebook right now. Never, ever, since the church of Acts has the gospel been so prevalent and so easy to get as it is right now. You've heard people say it. Man, I've heard more preaching now than I've heard in, uh, in all my life. Last five months, I've heard more preaching. It's everywhere. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. No man knoweth the time of the coming of the Lord. I wouldn't stand up here and try to tell you that I'm not. I'm just a poor, ignorant preacher. I just do what God wants me to do from the pulpit, what He lays on my heart. I don't get to come up with much of it because I don't have much sense to do it. But I will say this. We're closer to the rapture right now than we was an hour ago. And we're closer to the rapture right now than we was in the 40s. And I believe that the time is drawing near. I believe that there are things that have been put into place and Calvary Baptist Church needs to get ready and get steady and be what? Our Lord would have us to be in it. Whether it just be two or three, let's just get ready and steady and be all He'd have us to be. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You.